Profiles in Teaching with Technology is a podcast series created by Music First, a company dedicated to providing world-class cloud-based tools, content, and classroom management platforms to music teachers around the world. Each episode features a K-12 music educator who uses technology to enhance their teaching in innovative ways. We'll discuss the what, why, and how of their technology integration and hopefully share some teaching strategies that you can use in your own classroom. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. There you'll be able to find out about all of our platforms, as well as sign up for a free 30-day trial. Our guest this week is Megan O'Connor Vince. Megan is currently employed at Barnstable High School in Hyannis, Massachusetts, where she teaches music technology, the history of rock and roll, the history of hip-hop, and jazz band. At Barnstable, she has also been the director of the symphonic band, the musicals, the faculty advisor for Tri-M, Heavy Metal Club, and the Hip-Hop Club. Outside of her school duties, Megan is actively involved in the Cape Cod music community, serving as the webmaster for the Cape Cod Music Educators Association for three years. She's also held the position of concert chair, assistant, and concert band manager for CCMEA's All Cape and Islands High School Music Festival. In 2016, Megan received her Master of Arts from Teachers College, Columbia University. Megan has written numerous articles, lesson plans, and has presented at conferences talking about her music program. I'm very pleased to welcome her to our podcast. Okay, well, thank you very much, Megan, for joining me. Really happy to have you here. I bet you're all excited about next week's Super Bowl and your favorite football team on the earth. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> all right. Well, for all, the, uh, for all the Patriots haters out there, really sorry. Uh, Megan's a huge Patriots fan. I know that. I've, I've known you for a couple of years now. We met at Teachers College. And so you're, out, you're from out on the Cape Cod, correct? Yes. I grew up in Brewster. I uh, went to NASA at high school and then went to URI for my undergrad and TC for my master's degree. So great. So in coming to uh, Barnstable High School where you teach, mm -hmm. is, that, is that kind of like a homecoming for you, you know, teaching in your old hood, if you will? A little bit. I mean, it's only about, it's about a 30 minute drive. Um, you know, obviously I was familiar with a lot of the teachers already on the Cape. Um, we have, you know, a Cape Cod Music Educators Association group. Uh, we do a couple, we do a, like a couple of festivals a year. So it was kind of fun to say, oh, you look familiar. And he's right. like, oh, yeah, I was a student. And, you know, so I definitely had, you know, prior connections in that regard. So, so but I'm, I'm imagining that Cape Cod, uh, for, so where I'm from in, in uh, New York, our, our, our beach that we all go to is either you go out to the Hamptons, which I can't afford, or you go to Jersey Shore, which is kind of my speed. But during the, you know, the off season, if you will, it's kind of a sparse population. Is that the, is that the same up on the Cape or their yeah. year? Yeah, definitely. It, um, like even the town of Brewster, the population in the summer doubles, if not triples, I think, if, I, if I'm correct, uh, during the summer than in, in the winter. So Nauset, where I went to high school, again, you know, five towns, uh, because there's not a lot of, you know, year-round resident right. young families growing up here. So it's Brewster, Orleans, uh, East Ham, Wellfleet, Truro, and Provincetown all go to Nauset. 
Barnstable is a little bit different because it, it, it encompasses all the villages. So like Hyannis, Hyannis Port, Centerville, Osterville, um, just to name a few. There's like 10 of them. <laughs> all right. So, I mean, how, what, how, so you're at Barnstable High School. How many years have you been there? This is my sixth year there. You're all right. And so yeah. what's, the, what's the total population of that school? Just out of curiosity. It's about uh, 1,900 students. Uh, we do have like an online program too. So that includes them as well. Um, as far as the music program goes, uh, there's about 170 kids that are in different ensembles. So that's kind of like, you know, our ensembles. We have chamber choir, concert chorale, string orchestra, symphonic band. Uh, wind ensemble. We have our jazz programs are after school, and then we have all the more general music um, classes uh, taught by me and a couple of the other uh, teachers. Uh, we have piano and guitar and guitar two, and then music technology, which we'll get into. Wow. <laughs> and um, and then I'm wait. I just started teaching history of rock last year. And then this year, actually starting tomorrow, is uh, first day of history of hip hop. Oh, wow. Very, I'm very, very cool. About that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's an extraordinary music program. And, yeah. and, and it's a much bigger high school than I thought. About how many kids are involved in the music program? Um, well, again, there's about 170 kids in the ensemble. So with the general music classes, I would say at least another 100, if not 150 kids. Wow. I mean, some of those kids double dip too. Like I have a couple band kids in my music tech class and, you know, whatnot. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty big. There's like four and a half <laughs> uh, music teachers that I work wow. with. Um, myself, my department head, choral director, uh, band and orchestra, and then... Um, my husband actually teaches history and he also teaches two sections of guitar. So he's kind of like our halftime music teacher. Oh, that is so, very cool. That's yeah. Awesome. All right. So, um, you know, the, the, when I first met you, Megan, I, I remember um, I met you through teachers college and I mm -hmm. immediately went on your website and mm -hmm. saw that you have a really kind of, in my opinion, a really unique, uh, program, you know, a lot of high schools and, and Barnstable High School is nine through 12, correct? Eight through 12, Eight actually. Through 12. Yeah, yeah which is, again, you know, very unique. So, <laughs> yeah, it's so A through 12. And why don't you describe your teaching duties, what you do, and maybe a quick thumbnail of, of these quote unquote general music and music tech classes? Because I don't think that's the norm in most high schools. No. Yeah. Why don't you describe exactly what you teach at Barnstable? Okay. So when I first got there, because again, this is my sixth year, basically every year my position has changed a little bit. <laughs> um, so, which is, you know, common for most music teachers, right? <laughs> um, so the first year I was there, I was actually part-time. I was 0.75 and I co-taught band with my department head, which was fantastic for you know I just graduated college so it was really great for me to have like that mentor mentee you know every day in the in the band's world um, and then I also taught uh, music technology and um, I taught an eighth grade section and a ninth through twelfth grade section now so, I have to stop you right there so that yeah. that music technology class 
Was that a class that was taught previously or did you have to start it? It was taught previously, but I was the first teacher to teach it on Macs. Uh, prior okay. to me um, was mostly PCs and they had Cakewalk and <laughs> um, you know some other programming uh, things. And, it, and it's interesting too, because I was actually just looking up you know, trying to figure out when the music tech program started. And my music tech class is significantly different than what it started out was at Barnstable. At first it was like a theory three class. Mm -hmm. So a lot of like arranging and composition. And then when I got there, again, it was more like general music for high school kids, um, you know, making beats on the computer and whatnot. So uh, my second or third year, I, the tech program has grown since I've worked there, which is awesome. So I got bumped from bands and then just taught tech full time along with history of rock. And then this year I was, you know, I put my, uh, my feelers out for a new semester course for history of hip hop. So, and that's going to run. So I'm really excited about that. So you must have a lot of freedom uh, to be able to do kind of what you want in those courses. Is that fair to say? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I, I talk about this a lot with some of like, you know, the, the core teachers is that, you know, they're kind of handed a curriculum, you know, or even a curriculum map when they walk in the door, you know, and I wasn't. So again, it's kind of like, I have all this freedom to do what I want, what I think is important, but at the same time, I have to create everything. <laughs> from scratch. Yes. So I got, you know, a handful of, of things from the previous teachers uh, for music tech, but a lot of it was trial and error, um, which, you know, I, you know, just had to kind of go through the motions of that. And by my second, the second half of my second year, my third year, I felt really comfortable with my curriculum. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, um, and I, there's just so much about your story that I absolutely love. First of all, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people listening will be jealous of that kind of position. Mm. Uh, you know, it, would, do you say that your, you know, not having an ensemble uh, responsibility makes your job, you know, easier, better, more fun? I mean, that, that to me was the dream, uh, to be yeah honest I would I begged my superintendent to please stop with the making me be the band director so yeah. I just I need to know like are, are you a, you 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 sound like you're a happy teacher is that is yeah that yeah I am I and I really do feel like you know teaching general music and teaching an ensemble at the same time are in like two different worlds yep. like even um you know, me going from not teaching band anymore to teaching tech and rock full time, you know, my evaluator noticed, you know, the amount of growth that I had in that year. Mm -hmm. um, and I said simply, it's just time, you know, as music teachers, you know, there's never enough time, you know. Yep. Um, but funny story, actually, I just got the uh, jazz director position, which is a stipend after school. So it's not as bad as, you know, say, you know, being in band worlds, you know, these blocks right. and then having the transition. But I feel like it, it's a good balance for me because I still, you know, I, I enjoy the ensemble work still. And, you know, it only meets once a week and, 
you know, it's kind of like the kids that, you know, want to be there and whatnot. So yeah, and if you're anything like me, because my favorite ensemble that I taught was the jazz ensemble. It yeah. Was like as close to the pop realm as I could get. Right. The kids really wanted to be there. It was it was definitely the group that I looked forward to every week rehearsing. Right, right. Yeah, no, yeah, it's a lot yeah, of fun. Fantastic. <laughs> and, and so let me ask you this, and, and just to get on the issue of gender for a moment, so mm -hmm. curveball. <laughs> I have talked to so many fantastic uh, music technology people. Mm -hmm. and I will say that in the last, over the last 10 years, I would say the majority now of people I speak with are women. Um, so did you have like a role model? Uh, did, was, there a, was there a music tech uh, female kind of role model for you? Or was it just like, no, I'm doing this. This is... Well, at first, I didn't really have that because I didn't really know any better. Right. I mean, music tech wasn't really something that I covered in my undergrad. Um, and I would think that's, you know, kind of the, the norm Correct. coming out of a bachelor's degree. Um, but as I kind of, you know, got deeper into, you know, the music tech world, um, I have Barbara Friedman's book. Uh, and I actually discovered it after I created a lot of my curriculum and I was happy to see that we kind of had a lot of the similar concepts yep. um, but she has some fantastic things in her book that um, you know I look at you know oh maybe I could try it this way or you know this class is ahead of my class that I had this year is there another project in here that I want to try out you know that kind of thing. Yeah, she's, I mean, she's one of my favorite people on the planet. She's going yeah. to be, she's going to be a guest in about six episodes from now. Oh, awesome. So she's <laughs> fantastic. But you also have another fantastic female music tech guru at Berkeley, Stephanie Langle, who's one of my dearest friends. Do you, do you know Stephanie at all? Yeah, I talked to her um, briefly, uh, maybe a couple years ago. Um, and I'm actually... I, I need to get up to Berkeley. Uh, <laughs> I've been talking to Jarrett Shield recently about yeah, like hip hop stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm hoping that I get a chance to kind of meet her in person because um, I know she's done some incredible work too. Yeah. So you should definitely, uh, maybe if I, if I can get the two of you together in a room, I'll buy you a couple of drinks. We'll have oh, a sounds good. <laughs> All right. So uh, I, let's, let's dive into the whole thing with uh, music technology and, you know, how did you get interested in it? And also, um, because I think the thing that I found the most fascinating when I first met you mm -hmm. uh, is that you teach hip hop. Uh, yeah. And you're one of a small handful of people uh, that I know of that are doing it effectively. I want to say that clearly. Oh, that thank you. It's not just, here's some hip hop, write a reflection. You're right. actually getting into the weeds with the kids. So why don't you talk a little bit about maybe how you got into music technology and, and, and how you integrated into what kind of what kind of projects do you do? And then yeah. and how did that intersect with hip hop? So I, again, started part-time. It was one of my classes, you know, and I had a Mac lab. So obviously I started on GarageBand and I had, you know, a, a pretty good understanding of GarageBand, but not that I do today, obviously. Right. Um, but the big thing, and, you know, a lot of music educators talk about this, is how do we reach the other 80% of kids, right? Because of a typical high school 
you think like 20% of the students at that high school are in ensembles, right? right? So how do you get the other 80% into a music class and then interested? So I found that a lot of my students, you know, were not band, orchestra, chorus kids. They were, um, you know, kids that had kind of missed the boat with ensembles in middle school and they were just kind of looking to fulfill, you know, a graduation requirement. Um, but a lot of my students are interested in hip hop. So I kind of asked myself, why aren't we being taught hip hop as, you know, a kid in undergrad, basically? Um, it's not really a topic that a lot of people like to talk about in music education. And so I started trying to think about why that is. Mm -hmm. And a couple reasons that I kind of came up with is that, you know, there's not a lot of research done on it. There's not a lot of, um, you know, people that are comfortable with talking about some of the topics that are covered in hip hop. Right. You know, it could be a little controversial. Um, so when I started saying okay i'm gonna take on hip-hop because I, I in my music tech class i teach like a music history strand and we work all the way you know from tribal all the way to hip-hop right. and um you know one of the things that i really tried to communicate to my students was the social justice aspect of hip-hop and yep. the history of hip-hop so not necessarily focusing on a lot of the stuff that the kids see today um but you know, there, there are a lot of great social justice conscious hip hop songs that are out there today, but I wanted to start with why did hip hop start, you know, and kind of the story of New York City and, you know, all the economic, uh, you know, awfulness basically going right. on at the time. Um, and, you know, and when I got to Columbia, when I got to Teachers College, um, I was in Randall Alsop's class and I met a couple you know my colleagues that were really awesome and we actually did a project on um, you know incorporating like lyrics into uh, you know like a music tech kind of general music class so I kind of took it and I ran with it and I you know added my own stuff to it while I was teaching um, and I kind of came up with four projects that kind of walk you through the history uh, and like listening analysis. So, and I'm sure, you know, we'll talk about this more, but you know, the music first was awesome. Uh, able to give me a platform to kind of publish my, my lessons. Um, so my hip hop unit actually is composed of four projects that the first project kind of, um, you know, gets the student to understand, uh, you know, importing music and it's just showcasing their four favorite songs. I call this like the DNA personal project. Yep. Um, and then they have like a narrative and their narrative, they're talking about different musical elements. So they're talking about dynamics and instruments that they hear and tempo and et cetera, et cetera, and form, whatever. Um, or even like a musical memory that they might associate with the song. Right. And then uh, we have the uh, sample project, which obviously sampling is a huge part of hip hop. Uh, one of my favorite websites is uh, whosampled.com. It's also an app uh, that you can go on there and you can look up any song, any artist, and you can see if that person sampled someone else or if that person has been sampled. So you can go both ways. Um, 
my kids really enjoy like, you know, I'll show them Beyonce and crazy in love with Jay-Z and they literally ripped off the chi lights, you know, and I show it to my kids and they're like, their minds are totally blown, you know? So we talk about, you know, how the beastie boys and, you know, that whole thing with their record and how that kind of opened the doors for the lawyers to come in with, you know, sampling and all that. Um, and then for my nine through 12 class, cause I do this unit with both my eighth grade classes and my nine, 12 kids. Um, my nine, 12 kids take on a hip hop instrumental where they can't use any loops or any samples. They have to record everything. And we talk about like the four basic, um, uh, kind of building blocks for a hip hop instrumental, uh, beat, bass, uh, some kind of chord, you know, harmonic accompaniment and a hook. Um, and it, it get, they get really frustrated with it, but you know, it kind of gets them to think about, you know, listening to other instrumentals and again, kind of removing like the lyric part that some teachers might be uncomfortable with and focusing more on the instrumental part. Right. So that is a really important point right there. Yeah. <laughs> if you focus on the music rather than the lyrics and let the kids do whatever they want outside of your class. Cause I think the strongest opposition to teaching hip hop is uh, the misogyny, the, the language, the, right. the kind of, um, you know, as a, as a white male, mm-hmm. uh, there, there are lyrics in there and it's probably as a white female, there are lyrics that just are not from our kind of our own cultural background. And right. it, it might feel really uncomfortable, which is right really a bad thing but it's un- it might feel uncomfortable so is right. that how you deal with that particular aspect is you just focus yeah and and again I try and focus on the history and I try and steer kids towards more like conscious hip-hop and talking about how you know music really should have some kind of like social merit to it yep. um, you know and we talk about like the different kind of steps of analyzing music like sure if I want to listen to like, you know, guilty pleasure pop music to relax or whatever, and it's just background noise, that's one thing. But when you're talking about, oh, this song is my favorite song. Okay, well, you know, what are they talking about? You know, is that song, you know, kind of a, uh, a song that kind of, you know, has some kind of social justice message behind it. And I think that's how we have to guide our kids in this talk of, of hip hop, because my kids get really excited about it. You know, we talk about, you know, when um, Childish Gambino dropped This Is America, my kids showed me that, you know, and I didn't know what it was at the time. Extraordinary. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, stuff that Kendrick Lamar has put out and, you know, J. Cole and, you know, all these other artists who, you know, have something to say because of something that happened to them or an environment they, they, that they grew up in that, you know, there's oppression going on or, you know, socioeconomic issues, you know, that, that is music that kind of speaks to me and speaks to my kids. And I try and focus on that. You know, we, we had a kind of a little conversation about, you know, like mumble rap. And one of my kids said, it's just background noise. You know, a lot of the kids know that, but you have to show them that there's that, you know, more uh, like conscious hip hop out there. Because a lot of the kids don't know that, you know, and once they get into it, they love it. 
So I, I, I got to say, and I'm, I would guess that every one of the listeners also has the same few questions that I have. Yeah. Um, so what is it about hip hop? Are you a hip hop fan? Would you say you're like a super hip hop fan or do you like other music or because you know that, are you doing this to reach your students because that's what they like? Or is this a personal, you know, are you a huge hip hop fan or trying to get kids excited about it? Cause that, you know, I think that's the other thing that people worry about is for example, I don't, I'm personally not a huge country music fan. It's right. just not something that I go out and buy. However, I can teach it. So right. like that, is hip hop a music that you are personally a huge fan of and go out and see and, and therefore you're trying to get your kids turned on to it or you, or is it the other way? You're trying to get your kids hooked on music through hip hop. I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I'm 29. So, you know, I grew up in a generation where hip hop was, you know, pretty big, pretty popular. Um, you know, and I, I went to see Kid Cudi and Lupe Fiasco and Kanye, like in concert, you know, in college and recently and whatnot. Um, but I'm not like I grew up in a very like jazz and blues and kind of classic rock household. Um, I would say what I listen to mostly in my free time is probably more alternative rock or like post-rock. Uh, but with that being said, you know, I, I really enjoy listening again to, to hip hop that has some kind of like social message message behind it. Like, um, for example, when uh, Jay-Z came out with 444 recently and uh, the story of OJ came out. Now, right. I would never show that video to my students because, you know, it's right. not appropriate. But we've talked about it and saying he samples Nina Simone, you know, looking at her profile and what was happening to her in the time. And I think sampling is a really cool way of like, you know, honoring past people. Uh, you know, when hip hop started, everyone was sampling James Brown, yep. you know, um, you know, so again, kind of connecting their story to what's going on, you know, then and now, and I, I just get really excited about it. Um, so I think it's a little bit of my own self-interest, but it's definitely a way that you can reach students. Like if they know that I have a certain you know, ability to appreciate their music, you know, um, they're definitely more willing to kind of meet me in the middle. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said earlier, I start with tribal and I go all the way to hip hop. And I think my kids most of the time are with me along the ride because they know we're going to get there. Cause I say to them in the, in the beginning of the semester, you know, I try not to teach a lot about the dead white old guys, right? Mozart, right. Bach, Beethoven, because they've had that. They've had that their whole life. You know, they want to learn how to make beats on the computer and be able to, you know, create a hip hop song that they can rap over, you know, freestyle or whatnot. Um, and I think me saying that that is an okay way to produce music and be a musician, I think has, you know, given my kids a lot of, um, you know, respect for my class. So I'm sure, I'm sure they, I'm sure they adore you. Uh, <laughs> it's, great, it's such a great approach. And I think it's really refreshing to hear. So if, if I can um, dive a little further into what software mm -hmm. you're actually using with the kids, um, you know, just give us a rundown of, and maybe how you're using them. 
So again, I started with a garage band and then, you know, once I, I met you, I was like, Oh my God, I got to get music first. <laughs> cool. um, so I, you know, my kids predominantly work on Soundtrap. Yep. Um, and I, I think it's great because again, I have a lot of students who uh, don't really have a deep understanding of, you know, like music notation and whatnot. Um, you know, and the loops on there are pretty good. You know, there's some pretty good, like, you know, hip hop sounding like 808 kit yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. things. Um, and, you know, through using Soundtrap and Music First, they're basically able to do a lot of my class. I also use Google Classroom. Yep. So a lot of like some of their answers or, you know, things that I post, they're on Music First and they're on Google Classroom. So, you know, the kids know that there's basically no excuse to not see the rubric, you know? That's right. And, and are these kids like, quote unquote, dropping their, 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 their uh, compositions on things like SoundCloud? Or they, are we, I would imagine yeah. this gets them all pumped and they want to start making their own. Yeah. And I've even, you know, this is my first year that I was able to use Music First at Barnstable with all my tech kids. And I had a couple kids who were, you know, I had an eighth grade um, who were taking my 912 section and they were stoked that they didn't have to be on a computer in school, you know, in order to work on their stuff. So, I, you know, I say to them in the beginning of the year, like, just because I assign you a project doesn't mean that you can't work on your own stuff, you yeah. know. Um, my kids also have a SoundCloud account. I make them follow me on uh, my teacher account and one kid said to me, oh, is that how you get followers? I said, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, love uh, it. I love it. But um, it's, it's, it's cool because when they leave my class, they have the ability to take their music with them, you know, so they can, you know, kind of reference back to, oh, I love that beat that I made. And, you know, maybe I want to take it a step further so that, you know, they can download it and then throw it into whatever DAW they're using. Um, yeah. I also, I got a grant last year. We also have Ableton, uh, but I, I'm very new at that. <laughs> um, so a couple of my kids have kind of been brave enough to take that on. Um, but, you know, it's just something that I, I have to, you know, be better acquainted with. And, you know, I think our kids are our best teachers sometimes, you know. Yeah, they, absolutely. They, they find things, you know, in, in Ableton and in Soundtrap that like, oh, I didn't know you could do that, you know. Um, but yeah, between, between uh, you know, I have a couple like diehard GarageBand people because they used it with me prior. You know, I, I tell my kids, like, I don't really care. Some of my kids use Fruity Loops at home. Yep. Um, you know, as long as you're making I mean, that the hip hop world, a lot of those producers started with Fruity Loops. I mean, right. Fruity Loops, yep. all garage band, it's mm -hmm. been around forever and kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if you, have you ever used O generator with your students or do you have access to it? No, I don't. Right, we gotta, we gotta get you on it. That is <laughs> the way that I taught my kids how to make their own beats or their own yeah. Is uh, using O generator, so you definitely we'll 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 make sure that you get set up with that. <laughs> okay. Uh, see what your kids think of it. Yeah. So um, just to to kind of we we've got about five or ten more minutes, and I want to make sure I get to um, all these questions. You have if I I mentioned it earlier a website 
Mm-hmm. Would you mind giving that address out? Because what if I remember correctly, that website, like one of the first or the second tab, has links to like all your projects. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. So it's musiconnor.com. Uh, O'Connor spell O-C-O-N-N-O-R, not E-R. One uh, musiconnor.com. Yep. And that, um, that's got all your projects and stuff. Yeah, I try and really keep it updated. Um, you know, Google Classroom is awesome, but it's only for my students. Right. So if I want to share with other teachers or, you know, take, you know, my projects elsewhere, I want to be able to have that all in one place as well. So that's kind of where I try and keep everything updated and pretty similar to what I have on Google Classroom. Um, yeah, and I've, I've tried to really update it as much as I can. And that actually, that website was a result of, it was kind of a combination of my portfolio from URI and my portfolio from TC. Yep. <laughs> so uh, if, you know, whoever's listening has the chance to go on there, you might see some uh, other stuff that I've done in college. I had a visual art minor, so there's some photography stuff up there. Uh, some of my Columbia work, like my conducting portfolio and stuff. But yeah, I have a whole tab of all my music technology projects that I have, you know, with the PDFs for the rubrics and stuff that I'm more than willing to share with anyone that's willing to listen, you know? Yeah, I mean, I've I've found that music tech people and music educators in general are, are very similar in that they'll create all these kind of resources for their kids and they're happy to share with everyone else. And, and that is, I mean, quite honestly, when I first met you and I, and I heard about what you were doing uh, with hip hop, we got you to write those lessons for us right away in the <laughs> yeah. first classroom. Yeah. Uh, because to be perfectly honest, there's not a lot of, li- there's nothing out there. I mean, when, yeah. when teachers yeah. say, well, how do I get started with hip hop in my classroom? It's kind of like, well, you do it yourself. So, right. you know, the fact that you're sharing is fantastic. And, and uh, for anybody that's listening that actually has the music first classroom, if you go in the, uh, the content library, you will find, uh, if you just search hip hop, uh, you'll find all of Megan's uh, hip hop lessons and her projects that she described here. They're really, really cool. And I think, Megan, the other thing that I'm hoping our listeners agree with is the fact that you're coming at it from the perfect angle, in my opinion, is the the social aspect, uh, the social justice aspect of it, the history aspect of it, and the music, mm-hmm. you know, rather than this kind of um, almost, uh, I don't know, uh, kind of, I don't know how to say it right, so I'm sorry, <laughs> but the, yeah. this kind of well, here, kids, I'm I'm going to do hip hop, right? Uh, you know, without any kind of philosophical grounding, it's just like, all right, we're going to listen to this piece, and what do you think? Right, I really, right. really appreciate the way you've approached it, and I oh, thank and I hope you. That's that's very kind of you. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're you're fantastic. So I have two more questions for you, and then we'll wrap up. Um, sure. the, the first is, and and uh, you know, I, I ask these to all the all the people that I chat with, um, what advice would you give, uh, twofold, uh, what advice would you give to anyone thinking about getting a general music, music tech class started at their high school or middle school or wherever they are? So how do you get started with all this music tech stuff? And the other is how to get started with uh, hip hop. So um, the, the first one, how do you get started with music tech? There's a lot of resources out there. Um, even like Facebook, I know, I think you're one of the admins on I Teach Music Technology, right? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I go on there all the time. Just, you know, people are posting questions, you know, how to troubleshoot things, different projects, different links uh, for kind of like different new cool things that are happening. Um, I started, you know, looking at a lot of that. Um, I, I really truly believe that, you know, our kids are our best teachers and some of the technology stuff. Um, and I really tried to listen to what my kids were looking at and listening to at the time. Um, you know, and again, like with Ableton, like that is a software that I am not fully comfortable with yet, but I'll get there, you know, and don't be afraid to kind of like dive in and try things, trial and error. Um, again, I didn't really feel comfortable with my, you know, full year program until like year two and a half or three, you know, just because I had to tweak things and, and, and whatnot. Um, you know, at conferences, you know, if, if anyone has, you know, the ability to go do some PD at like Allstate, whatever, uh, there's usually a lot of good tech um, conference workshop opportunities. Mm -hmm. Um, that usually kind of, I, I feel like it's kind of like an underground scene almost, you know, because I've been of, doing it for 30 years and it's still yeah. underground. I, I yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I just feel like you go to these conferences and it's a lot of like, you know, early elementary, you know, chorus band orchestra, which is great and it's important. But at the same time, you know, I, I would argue that we're not in some states, not all states, but we're not necessarily giving the platform that music tech and hip hop can kind of deliver. Um, and the other thing with tech is that more schools are going one-to-one, -one, you know, so a lot of kids are getting Chromebooks now. Uh, and I mentioned, you know, I work in a Mac lab, but you can also use, you know, music first, Soundtrap, all that stuff. It's a browser, you right. know, so you can use that on that, um, which is awesome. You know, and again, you know, my kids can go home and, you know, use it for fun. You know, I don't have to give them a project in order for them to use it. Um, so I, I guess tech, just not be afraid, dive right in. Uh, again, Barbara Friedman's got that killer book. If you're looking for some like basic, you know, music composition. Um, yeah, teaching music kinda. through composition. She, it's yeah. amazing. Great. Yeah. And, you know, again, Music First is a great platform to, you know, kind of guide yourself through, you know. Um, and the hip hop thing? The hip hop thing there, Jarrett Shield actually has, you know, this hashtag going around called uh, Hip Hop Music Ed. And if you, again, on Facebook, there's a, you know, Hip Hop Music Ed Facebook group that you can sign up with, but there's also like the hashtag. So a lot of stuff that he's doing, um, you know, or whoever, they'll, you know, do hashtag hip hop music ed and they'll be able to look at some of the trending stuff on Twitter and Instagram and whatnot. Um, there's a lot of great books and resources out there to kind of educate yourself because, you know, kind of like you mentioned before, I, I wasn't, I would say I wasn't a huge hip hop head before I got to, to teaching it. Um, so uh, there's a lot of great documentaries on Netflix. Um, you know, I personally don't really watch a lot of TV. I watch a lot of sporting events, like like you right. mentioned earlier. My husband's a New York fan, so that's a little all right, all right, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but then you know, I'm watching a lot of documentaries on 
you know, hip hop evolution on Netflix is great. Um, it's in its second season. It's not appropriate to show to kids, right. but it definitely gives you, you know, kind of the big picture, you know? And I think for me, that is kind of the biggest thing that I had to understand kind of tackling it. Um, I do have like a reference material sheet that is on my website um, that has like all the, the links that I kind of use with oh, great. Um, um, teaching hip hop. Uh, the other thing too, Mark Ronson does an awesome Ted talk on sampling and that is a great thing to show kids. Um, great. That, he's, he's a genius. Mark yeah. yeah. Um, oh, and there's also a really great podcast that I listen to called dissect. Um, and I think a lot of music educators would really love it because this, this guy takes basically classical analysis onto works of hip hop. So his first season was Kendrick Lamar's The Pimp a Butterfly. Second season was Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. His third one was Frank Ocean, Blonde. And then oh, wow. he did like a mini series on Lauren Hill. Um, so, and, and he is just, I think he's just brilliant. And I would just listen to that in the car. And each song is like a half an hour to 45 minutes. So, I mean, he really, you know, does like yeah, lyrical yeah. line by line sampling even chord structure stuff. So again, for like a music educator, it's kind of, you know, a, a second step up there. But again, I have all this stuff on a document that, you know, I'll make sure is on my website. I'm pretty sure it's already there, but I'll double check after. Perfect. And for those, for those who forgot, it's musicoconnor.com. Yes. <laughs> uh, final question, Megan, that I asked for everybody, uh, that I ask of everybody is the mm -hmm. magic wand question. And that the magic wand question is really, if you could make music technology do anything or music first do anything it could be whatever what would it what would you do that you can't do right now my kids have trouble with like sampling and lining up tempo with like loops or you know whatever they're they're working on right. um so you know and that's you know more in sound trap um but i think it's it's uh you know, you can, I know you can like slow it down and then export it and then like re-import it into a, a different, you know, track and all that, but yeah. it would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what you can yeah. do and have your kids do this as a project. Cause that, that's a really, for everyone listening, lining up samples so that they'll fit into a program like GarageBand or Soundtrap is, is much harder than it sounds. Yeah. It really is made for that. So if the yeah. kids can bring those loops in or bring those samples into Ableton and then export them out at, you know, 120 BPM, and yeah. then you bring those into Soundtrap from Ableton, it'll work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The more these kids get into Ableton, I have a strong feeling that they'll migrate from Soundtrap and be like, oh my God, this is the greatest program. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love Ableton Live. Of all the commercially available, you know, you know, locally installed software there is, it is my favorite. And uh, yeah. I think I think uh, your kids are. It's a great trajectory from GarageBand Soundtrap to step up to uh, Ableton Live next, especially in the hip hop world. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Megan, you've been fantastic. Oh, thank I, I, you. A, a super fascinating conversation, and I'm I'm sure that uh our listeners will agree. Thank you so much for joining us. And again, everyone check out musicoconnor.com and hopefully Megan, are you going to be, are you going to do more pres presenting at conferences? I mean, you need to. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, 
so I, you know, was lucky enough to do it last year uh, in kind of, you know, my work with music first uh, for New Jersey and Connecticut. I got married in November. All right. So that was kind of my, uh, you know, during the concert, I mean, conference proposal season. Yeah. That's Congratulations. Well, that's way more important. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll be doing more of that. I will be at uh, Massachusetts Allstate, um, just kind of networking. And Jarrett is going to have a, a presentation there. And I think you too, right? I, I will see you there. I'm looking yeah. forward to it. <laughs> So I'll be there, you know, supporting, uh, you know, you and Jarrett. And hopefully, again, I can kind of get myself back into the, the realm. So Great. Well, thank you so much, Megan. I'll see you up in Boston. And, and I never thought I'd say these words ever in my life. But I, I wish uh, that you and the Patriots good luck next week. <laughs> I know how much that hurts. <laughs> I'm a Jets fan, so it hurts yeah, more than you could possibly yeah, know. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh and uh, have a have a great uh, have a great rest of your school year. I'll see you in Boston next. Thank you. You too. Thank you for listening to Profiles in Teaching with Technology from Music First. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. If you would like to stay up to date with other music teachers doing innovative things in their classrooms with technology, please subscribe to our podcast through whatever outlet you listen to podcasts on. Thanks for listening.